0: intro music well hey everyone welcome to another episode of destiny midweek the dig destiny midweek which is not the name of our podcast but we are calling that for now we did get some new name suggestions oh did we we did wow how exciting we did get some new ones. I'm going to read those real quick. We'll just see what's going on, you know, I mean, how you I'm, feel about it. I'm sticking with The Dig. I, I think that's a great name. So I think you may have paid someone off with that in mind because with three of the name suggestions we got have The Dig or some kind of iteration of The Dig in there. First one, Digging Deeper with Destiny. There you go. Second, Digging Deeper with with pastor Matt. I like that even better. Third, <laughs> experiencing the word. That's really cool. It's not
1: just listening to the word or learning about the word, but
0: encountering it, experiencing it. And number 4, destiny digs deeper. A lot of digging going on here. Man, it seems like it seems like the and I don't like it. Momentum No, is behind, you know, nobody left, nobody left a comment on any of the social sites, but I had some people personally texting me saying, stay away from the dig. I don't believe that, that, that sounds made up. It's not. If you're new to the podcast, welcome, welcome. My name is Mark Bell. I'm the family pastor here at Destiny Church in San Antonio, Texas, and joining me is Matt Bell, lead pastor. Matt, how's yes, it going? Going good. Also, uh,
1: the bishop of San Antonio. You can call me that as well. That is a nickname that- I will some never my, call you that. <laughs> some of my friends have given me, and uh, so e- either one, lead pastor or the bishop of San Antonio, both- accurately describe who I am so doing good haven't had lunch yet and uh, hoping to get lunch here pretty soon
0: yeah so if this goes a little short today it's just because Matt is very hungry and he wants to eat but I have some good news I love good news for everyone listening if you did listen to episode one towards the end you may have remembered me Asking for prayer is a very serious thing. We were needing prayer that we would be approved by Apple. Yeah, and and
1: I thought that was really funny when you asked for people to pray for that. I almost said, save your prayers for something else. But you know,
0: God cares for the little things. He does. The little details He sees it all. And I'm here right now to report that not only... Did we get approved by Apple, but we got approved by Spotify as well. So now we are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. Just search Destiny midweek. The favor of God, just pouring down blessings. If you search the dig, you won't get what you're looking for, and you never will. So just search Destiny midweek, and you can subscribe to this amazing podcast that has now made it to its second episode yeah and i think that
1: uh hopefully by the end of the week we are on whatever google's thing is
0: okay i don't know what that's called whatever your
1: android or your pixel or what whatever if you're if you listen on a google device hopefully we're on that by the end of the week
0: great so we're here we 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 want to reach all platforms if you're an Apple fan or if you're a droid Android fan or a Spotify there's room in the kingdom for you we we have a seat at the table amen okay so what we're doing on this podcast is we are yeah what are we doing we're going deeper we're digging. We're not digging. We're, digging. we're going deeper into God's word. For into nuggets. God's word, talking about what we have discussed on our Sunday morning services, and we're just—it's a deep dive. It's like a yeah. head-first head dive from the high dive at a swimming pool. You 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 go deeper the higher you are, and so that's what we're doing. We're going deep in this podcast. With that said, Matt, how do you think it went yesterday morning? Yesterday was fun. Yeah, yesterday was fun because we had all the kids
1: with us. It was a family style service. And so, uh, whenever the kids are there with us, uh, integrated into the worship time, it's a lot more energy in there, if only because everyone's trying to keep their kids from melting down, crossing that threshold of, of total meltdown and chaos. Of which I'm very familiar, uh, so that that extra energy was great. Um, but because of that, because I knew the kids were going to be in there, I really uh, tried to keep it uh, a little bit shorter than it could have been. There is a lot in the text that we were looking at. So he only spoke for an hour. I th- I th- I think it was I think I came in under an hour. Um, I didn't look at the time the clock didn't get started on me so i was just mm-hmm. me and the lord up there and so we will uh, have
0: to check the
1: uh time stamp to see how long you went but but I, I did um i did keep it to the one theme of uh facing storms in our lives and uh the 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 big idea the high point is that for the believer when we go through a trial and a test that ultimately we are promised that God's going to work that for our good. And so it is a means of God's grace in our life that, um, we're going through that test or trial or quote unquote storm as Jonah was in. And so, you know, oftentimes we
0: don't think of storms as a good thing. Right. But it's something that everybody faces.
1: Everybody. Yeah. That was point one. I had, Four points yesterday. Point one was that everybody goes through storms.
0: Yeah, and so I thought it was a really great message because I know personally for me, in my younger days, anytime something bad happened in our family or a relative got sick or anything, I always had this fear that it was something that I did, that it was a sin that I had committed, that God was mad at me, and so now he was punishing not just me but other members of my family and so i thought it was it was really good yesterday how you explained all the different ways and all the different reasons why me, we might be facing storms and it's not always just because of a personal sin that we have committed yeah that's 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 one of the areas that yesterday i, I felt like i didn't
1: explain as well as I wanted to was that every storm in in this world is, is because of sin. We live in a broken world and sin has entered our world. And so storms in our life, the trials that we face in our life, they are a result of sin in the world. But that every storm that we're in is not necessarily attached to our own individual personal sin as it is here with Jonah. It could, it could be, it could be the Lord disciplining us, but not necessarily. And and probably most of, of the, the genuine trials that we face in life are not a result of our own personal sin of God disciplining us. And I wanted to circle back around to, you said that you know, like when you were a kid that you felt like God was punishing you and For the Christian, God does not punish us for our sin, that the punishment, the penalty, the price for our sin has been paid already by Jesus. And so there is no, there's no future punishment for our sin. There's no punishment now for our sin, but the Bible does say that God disciplines the son that he loves. And so. There is a chastening or a discipline that we can receive from the Lord, but it's not a, it's not a punishment. It's not
0: punitive. It's not us repaying a price for our sin. So why do you think people that 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 tends to be the train of thought that I've just I've heard a lot of people say that oh I don't you know there must be something that I'm doing wrong that God's punishing me for there, there must be some sort of sin that I'm not even aware of that's going on because all of this is happening why do you think that tends to be the train of thinking for the believer um I think it's the
1: influence of you know thinking the the thinking of karma right that that you have this karmic debt and so if you do enough good things, good things are going to happen to you. If you do too many bad things, bad things are going to happen to you. Um, and, and certainly if, if you know, the wisdom literature in the Bible, the book of Proverbs, it does teach that if, if you're just constantly doing foolish stuff and constantly sinning, that, that that will catch up with you. But the book of Job shows us that sometimes we go through really hard seasons, difficult times and it's because of God's own purpose and it's not because of our own faults and failures and sin. But I think the influence of the prosperity message, the influence of word of faith, teaching the influence of name it and claim it theology, which says if you have enough faith, If you do the right things, you'll just have a life of blessing from God. I think that teaching is so pervasive within Christian culture. And certainly if you tune into any kind of Christian broadcast, quote unquote Christian broadcast, you're going to be fed mouthfuls of that. I mean, just that is what is being served up in the Christian bookstores. That's what's being served up in Christian media. And so that idea is just pervasive that if you do the right things, God's going to bless you. And we tend to think of blessings as material things, health and and lots of money and zero conflict and relationships and stuff like that.
0: Right. Because then the opposite of that would be if you don't do the right things, then God won't bless you or he can send these storms or he will punish you. So it is a very dangerous way, a way to approach God and to think of his blessings in your life. But most of the time it leads to works based. If if I do the right things, if I say the right things, if I treat people the right way, if I give enough money, then God's going to bless me. But then that can lead to the opposite way of thinking where if I don't do the right things, if I don't give enough, then I won't see these blessings in my life. And that's what I was trying to to communicate is that
1: the storm is a blessing, that the, the, the trial is a manifestation of God's grace and blessing in our life, even if he doesn't cause it, You know, even if it is the result of sin, somebody else's sin, even my own sin, as we see in Jonah's case, that the storm was God pursuing Jonah and going after him to bring him back to the place he needed to be. And that is a that is a blessing. I mean, that, that's a huge blessing that, that we serve a God who would come after
0: us when we do sin. Right, and even if he didn't cause it, he's still in control of it, and he still knows the outcome of it. And so for us as the believer, if we truly trust God, we know that in the end, he will take care of us after the storm has passed, and in in the midst of the storm,
1: I mean, through 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 it, going into it, in the middle of it, and coming out of it, uh, I didn't get to read this verse yesterday because of time. But I want to read it. It's from First Peter, chapter one, and it's verses six and seven. The book of First Peter is about the relationship between suffering and glory, and the the suffering of Christ is tied so closely to the glory of the risen Christ. And these two themes are very much linked in the New Testament as inseparable. But in first Peter chapter one, verse six, he says in this, you rejoice though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, not just one trial or two trials, various trials so that. The tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And so Peter says that the results are more precious to us even than gold, that if someone came and offered you money, trading you for what you received from going through the trial the closeness you have with the lord the intimacy the revelation of his power his character produced in your life that you wouldn't even trade it for all the money in the world and that's how you know that god is in the midst of
0: the storm and so with that said we do have one question that was really on topic with what we're discussing today and that question is, does God still send storms when we hear his voice and don't obey? Yeah, I think he
1: does. I, I think God, um, he, he will. He will correct us. He, he will work in our life in such a way to bring us to where he wants us to be. And that's ultimately what he's doing with Jonah. He's, he's intervening to lead Jonah back onto the right path. And so if if you have heard from God and and feel strongly His leading and go a different direction, I, I think we can anticipate God nudging us along, pulling us back towards Him in relationship to move us to where He wants
0: us to be. And going back to that passage you shared, you know just personally in my life with some of the storms we have been through um, if you're not aware we've lost both of our parents kind of tragically and and suddenly over the last seven years so those are definite storms that we've been through but through that you know my my faith in God is definitely stronger my relationship with God is stronger that the, the way that I view God has been drastically changed because of those. And, you know, I can, I can honestly say that the way that I see God and view God is in a much deeper place now than it was before those storms. And so for me to sit back and to trust God and to know that it was because of his grace and because of his love even though it doesn't make sense to us why why God would would bring a storm into our life to bring us to that greater place of relationship with him ultimately it comes back to trusting that he knows what's best for us but also that he knows what is best for his glory and so i think having that approach It can be very difficult, especially in the midst of the storm. You want answers right away. You want to know why it's happening. What's the purpose of it? But ultimately it comes to trusting God and understanding that he has seen the beginning from the end and every storm that happens is to ultimately bring God glory. Yeah. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah, it it does. It glorifies him. I remember, um, it was about four years after dad had passed and you know, we had gone through a lot of stuff here at the church and transitions and debt and grief and all of all of these things. And I was visiting with um, our cousin, pastor John Cathcart in Montana, and we had lost touch and I went and visited him and we sat down for lunch. And he was like, tell me, tell me about what's happened there at destiny and how you guys are doing. And so for about an hour, I walked him through, you know, the last four years of my life and all of the ups and downs and mostly downs and, and the, the chaos and the storm. And at the end of it, he said, wow, that that's, that's really incredible. And he said, I'm really glad you went through that and not me. That's what he said to me. I'm really glad that it was you who was going through that and not me. And without even thinking the, the words that came out of my mouth was, so am I, I'm glad it was me too, because what, what I've received going through it, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world and, and who I am today versus who I was seven years ago. And God has has changed me. He's changed who I am. He's changed my life through the process. And ultimately we see that that's what God is doing with Jonah is he's changing him and he's wanting to produce his character in, in Jonah. And he wants to produce his character in his people. And so one of the things that I, I wasn't able to get to yesterday because of time was that Oftentimes, we don't recognize the grace of God in the storm, that it comes packaged. God's grace comes packaged in a way that we don't recognize it. We don't we don't see it as God's grace. We we see it as something else. But truly, with the eyes of faith, truly through the eyes of faith, we can see that God is working through it all. You know, in the book of Hebrews uh, 11, one, it talks about that faith is the assurance of things hoped for the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. And so faith in the midst of the storm is when I I don't see what I think I should be seeing. I, I don't see. The quote unquote blessings of God. I don't see how God could be working in this, but true faith is having the confident assurance that even though I don't see it, I still know it. I'm still, I, I know that God is working. I'm trusting in His Word, even though right now it's it's unseen it's that confident assurance it's that that evidence in your life that 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 settledness inside of you that even though i don't see it with my eyes i believe it in my heart and that's the definition of faith and as we look at the heroes of faith in the bible guys like abraham who for 25 years didn't see what God had been promising him, yet he never doubted. He he believed it 100%. That's really what always the Lord is calling us into as his people is to a deeper walk of faith. And that just means continuing to trust in him and in his word when we don't see it resulting the way
0: that we think that it should uh, in our lives. And there really is a unexplainable sense of peace when you can have that faith in the midst of a storm that you really can't explain. People will say, well, you're going through this. You should be, you should be feeling this way or, or you, how can you even be smiling right now? And yes, of course we grieve and there's heartache and there's pain, but there is a sense of peace when you, when you can really release it to God and trust that he knows what he is doing and it it's it's a release that you're giving him control you're understanding that his ways are greater than your ways and when you can truly trust God and have that faith there really is a a peace that surpasses understanding like scripture says
1: I'll never forget um at dad's funeral um and sorry that this is getting so uh personal but you know it's our podcast. People don't have to listen if they don't want to. But um, I'll never forget at dad's funeral, uh, his brother, my uncle, Nathan, who was a missionary in China at the time. You know, he got up to speak and, and eulogized dad. And the first thing out of his mouth made me so mad. I, I just it, it ticked me off. And I didn't I didn't I didn't want to hear it at the time, but I, I really believe that it's true today. And he said that if we could see like God sees, if, if, we could, if we could see what God sees, if we could see the end from the beginning, that we, we too would have chosen for this to happen. We, we too would have chosen for things to happen the way that they have, if we could see what God sees. Yeah. And I was like, no. You know, sitting there, just you know, so confused and so broken and so angry, and and all of everything that that you feel in those moments. I, I was really mad that he would get up there and say that, um, and I don't, I don't know if I'm all the way there yet, but I. I think, or if I'm all the way there that I would choose that I'm no, I'm not there yet, but I do think that what he said was true. Yeah. And that if we could, if we could truly see the way that God sees, we would understand that he is, he's working things out not just for our immediate enjoyment or pleasure or comfort, but that God is working out all of human history, on a timeline and he's working in millennia he's working generationally he's working things out setting things up for 100 years 200 years 300 years in the future and and he's working
0: it all together and we, we just don't even see it so what would you suggest how how for the listener how do they get to the point where they don't have to first go through a huge storm or tragedy to come to the the realization and the closeness and the the trust with god how is there a way to prepare for the storm before it hits so that you can have that that peace and that assurance or is it just something that you need to experience and in that experience in that trial that's when God can do the work on you i I think that
1: you can prepare yourself by having by by studying god's word and 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 really having an accurate understanding of who God is and what He's after. He's after his own glory above everything else, and so sometimes that looks like you know him parting the Red Sea for the Israelites and they escape from Pharaoh and the Egyptians and they're the delivered in this awesome powerful miracle of of God's deliverance in their lives other times it looks like God sending Moses to take care of sheep for 40 years in the wilderness and that's how God demonstrates his glory by working on Moses by working on his man by working on his people and so we love it when God shows up in a big way and delivers us and it's miraculous and it's powerful and it's awesome and it's wonderful. But usually before we get to that, there's a long prolonged season of him working in us first. And sometimes God demonstrating his own glory looks like Jesus hanging on the cross. What appeared to be a a defeat through that he worked his greatest victory. So, If we know and understand that what God is after is his own glory above everything else, above our comfort, above our security, above our temporary happiness, it will help us to understand how he is working and and what he is doing. And in the end, what will bring us the most joy as God's people is when he is glorified in our Lives. That is what we were created for, created in the image of God to showcase the glory of God. And when God is glorified in our lives, we are the most joyous people. It It helps us to know that, okay, when I'm in, when I'm in the storm, I can trust in God. I can trust in his word. I can trust that he's going to work this out for me. He's not going to abandon me because that wouldn't glorify him. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be consistent with his nature and his character to abandon his children. He will take care of us, but that he will be more glorified through the trial. He will be more glorified through my faith becoming stronger. It will help. Having that knowledge helps, but there's no way for it to become real other than for it to be tested. Yeah. And so that's where James writes in James chapter one that count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, that the man of God may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, that that's what God is after our faith being perfect, our character being complete. That is what glorifies him more. that that we are more like Christ
0: than that we're happy I think a lot of people take that verse in Romans and it can kind of trip them up or confuse them because they think they they say they read that God's going to work all things out for their good and and he is Right. But I think what happens is a lot of times our good in God's eyes isn't how we view our good. Right. And so I think without the the greater understanding and and what you just described with God working all things out for his glory, without that understanding, we can become discouraged if we truly buy into God working things out for our good without having a an understanding of what our good truly is and and I think I've I've seen that with people when something happens and they they don't think it lines up with their good they say how can this be happening when scripture says this which is is just so important for us to align our
1: our thoughts and our understanding and our knowledge and view of God with who he shows us that he is in his word And that we don't have a God that we've made in our own image. That we really, we're the ones who are made in God's image. And that we truly know and serve who God is as he has shown us who he is in his word. Not some false, false idea, some false impression of of God, which so many people have. I mean, so many people have false understandings of God.
0: Right. So hopefully this can encourage you uh, in some way. I know that when you were tuning in today, you probably weren't expecting to hear all of this storm talk or maybe you were, but you know, these are conversations that our family has had a lot over the past few years with each other. You know, we've we've had to work out our faith. We've had to work out how, these storms that we are going through, how they line up with a Christian walk and, and what it all means for us. So it's kind of something we can easily sit back and talk about for a a few hours at least. Um, so thanks for hanging in there with us. But it, it, everything you said, Matt, it's really good. I, I just found myself just sitting back and listening. Um, sorry if I wasn't adding to the conversation too much but you know you had a a lot of great things to say that i know is going to bless a lot of people i hope so i could go on and on about
1: that um a couple of things that also i I were in the text that i just didn't get to uh that i I just want to point out for people as they're wanting to go deeper in god's word one is that the sailors on the boat are more sensitive to god than jonah right that that they when they face the storm they're crying out to a supernatural being they're not israelites they're not part of god's covenant people they're serving false gods but they realize that this is not normal and they're calling out to a supernatural being for help they're they're moving towards god when jonah's running away from god even though jonah supposedly the prophet and the man of God. And so what we're going to see is that everyone in this story is more sensitive to God than Jonah. The wind and the waves obey God. The fish is going to obey God. These sailors are, are going to be converted. The people of Nineveh are going to obey God. Even the the plants and animal life at the end of Jonah are obeying God, except for Jonah. Another thing is that, The sailor, when he comes and he wakes up Jonah, Jonah's asleep in, in the boat, he comes to him, the captain comes and says to him, what do you mean, you sleeper, arise, call out to your God. These are the exact same words that God had given to Jonah when Jonah was in the presence of God and God spoke to Jonah. God says to Jonah, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it. And so God tells Jonah to arise and call out. He runs from God. He goes to Joppa. He gets in the bottom of the boat. He falls fast asleep. And the next thing he hears from this captain kicking him, waking him up, he wakes him up with the very words that God had given Jonah, arise and call out. And so I can imagine Jonah just being so just like awestruck. You know, God had given Jonah a word for him to put in his mouth and he had refused. And here now he's waking up and it's a pagan. It's someone who's lost. It's someone who serves false gods. He's waking up and God's word is being proclaimed to Jonah through this lost person. And so Jonah's whole I imagine his whole world is just being turned upside down. You know, what is, what is going on? What is happening? That's something that's, you know, I, I wanted to be able to to slide in there on Sunday and and I just didn't have the time or couldn't figure out how to fit that in. Um, Another, and, and I'll, I'll just wrap up with this, is that Jonah is so indifferent to the plight of the sailors. Like he, they say, call out to your God and he doesn't do it. He doesn't seem to care that they're sinking, that they're drowning, that the ship is falling apart and he's asleep. And this is a picture for us as the church that we cannot be this way. The, the world around us, the culture is broken, is sick. We're surrounded by people every day who have no hope without Christ. And so many times we go through life just like Jonah don't care, aren't paying attention. People are crying out to God for help. And I I just pray that, that for the people of destiny and the people that are listening, that, that this is not going to be a picture of us, that we are going to be awake. We are going to be aware. We are going to be looking for people who are lost, who are searching. I mean, these people are crying out to God. They're searching And Jonah just he's just so caught up in his own little issue that he's got that he doesn't even see that there are people dying around him. And so I, I just pray that for us as a church that we are open and we are aware and we are looking for the people who are hurting and who are in need and that we can do a better job than Jonah.
0: It's really good. So so there you go. Now you see why you need to be tuning in every week because you get even more great insight from God's Word than just on the Sunday morning. So we did actually get a few more questions this week. Yeah. That I'm going to quickly go over. Okay, great. The first one... Again, it's from Rich M. I don't know if you remember in episode one, we had Rich M. ask if Jonah was from Wales. Right. We got another one from Rich M. And um, I'm starting to think that Rich M. might just be sitting around from week to week trying to think of a, uh, well, I'll just just read the question and, and you can figure out what he's trying to do. So, he he leaves a comment. He says, another great message. Thank you, that's, Rich. That's great. God bless you. Man of encouragement, Rich M. His question is, since Jonah really didn't want to go to Nineveh, couldn't God have just sent Jonah's brothers? <laughs> I, I think this is a joke. Yes, it is. The Jonah's brothers. The Jonah's brothers.
1: Rich, if you keep this up, man, you're going to have a whole stand-up routine. Uh, on Jonah that you can work through. That's a lot of good material. I hope you send in one next week too.
0: No pressure, Rich, M. But you better have a question slash joke for us because this is going to be probably the most popular segment of this podcast. Yeah, people okay. are going to be wanting, tuning in for his joke. Next question is, why did God pick Jonah. And so whoever asked that question, we actually answered that in episode one. If you want to download episode one and go to the 14 minute and 20 second mark on episode one, you will hear the answer to that question. Yeah. And and you should do that.
1: Of course. Uh, but if you don't, uh, the short answer is that God's wanting to do something in Jonah's life as well, that God's working on Jonah just as he's wanting to work in the Ninevites.
0: But yes, if you haven't listened to episode one, go to Apple or Spotify or destinychurchessay.com slash midweek to listen to episode one. There's also episode zero out there that Some people have found entertaining. Speaking of, someone left a comment referring to episode zero. It said, loved episode zero. Smiley face. It really made me miss you guys. Family, friends, for life. I'm so glad you're doing this. Your church family will be blessed. I will be listening. Sorry, that's no question. Womp, womp. Smiley face. That was from Laura Walker Trevino, great friend. Thank you, Laura, for that comment. I don't know if you heard my stomach just growled like big time. So you want to go another 20 minutes or so? So I think that's like, that's the cue to like wrap this up.
1: But it's great to hear from Laura Walker Trevino, Sam Walker's daughter.
0: Something we wanted to do in this podcast is share some things that are coming up. Yeah. Do we have time to do that or do you need to go eat? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So starting September 8th, which is two weeks from this past Sunday, we're starting our growth track class here at Destiny Church. This is for everyone who is new to the church, wants to know more about the church, why we are a church, what we do, what we believe in. And it's also a great way for you to get plugged in and to start serving at our church. So that is happening sunday september 8th it's a four-week class that takes place sunday at 9 a.m so we allow you to come early go to the class and you can still be a part of our sunday morning service and then something else that's happening in september that we are really excited about is we are kicking off a men's and ladies fellowship matt do you want to talk about that yeah, a little so, bit
1: um you know at, at the church, we use these four words to talk about how we accomplish the vision that God's given us. And so we use the four words of connect, grow, serve, and go. And uh, for a while, we've been thinking about how to help the men and women of the church connect with one another better. And so starting in, starting in September, we're going to have monthly men's gatherings and monthly women's gatherings specifically for the purpose of just fellowshipping with one another, getting to know each other better, and to be a source of encouragement and blessing in each other's lives. And so we have a couple of dates coming up for the men and women. Yes. So the the
0: men are meeting September 9th. That's a Monday at 6.30 p.m. And the women are meeting. I'm starting to talk slow so I can find when it is it's the 19th i think maybe september 19th thursday 6 30 p.m so the men are going to be meeting on mondays the women on thursdays yeah so stick those in your calendar we're gonna have a fantastic time uh, we're gonna have a meal break bread together break bread it's gonna be great always important yep all right before we sign off matt do you have a tease for us For next Sunday. Yeah, next Sunday,
1: there's a revival that happens on the boat. Uh, Jonah didn't want to go preach to Gentile pagans, and he ends up preaching to Gentile pagans, and the sailors end up converting to worship the Lord, and uh, they also throw him overboard, and he sinks and is swallowed by a big fish. So it's going to be great. Lots of great nuggets from God's
0: Word that will bless you next week. All right. Well, that's it. That's going to wrap up episode two of Destiny Midweek. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple podcast or find us on Spotify or DestinyChurchSA.com slash midweek. And also send in your questions. All right. We'll see you. Talk to you next week. Thank you. God bless you. Outro music.